Good evening and welcome into the Study Hub. And on this evening's show, we're going to cover biology. Yes, all of it. And we've one of the wonders of the natural world, Mr. Terry Flanagan, to guide us through this epic course. And he's going to give you the tips and the tricks and the strategies to help you navigate it all. But while exams and your studies are a huge focus in your lives right now, it's always important for us all to remember that they are just that. They're just exams. And if the build up to the exam season is becoming a stress or a worry for you, we've invited another old pal of the show. This is Jen Tredcheck, and Jen is an occupational therapist at Way Ahead Therapy in Dublin. We've asked Jen to kind of talk to us about a critically important part of this whole experience and that's keeping your mental health well and we're so pleased that Jen is going to share her advice with us and you can always contact us on email at studyhub at rt.ie. But back to biology. Why should you study biology? Well, as we've learned more intensely than ever over the last two years, studying biology, studying science can lead to wonderful things like this. The HSC said today that over 6.4 million COVID-19 vaccines have now been administered here. And it said that Ireland's uptake is almost the highest in Europe, according to the latest data from the European Centre for Disease Control. Visiting a testing centre today in RD in Louth, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, said he had received advice from the National Immunisation Advisory Committee that vaccines can be mixed in certain circumstances and that a booster vaccination plan is being prepared. A clip from a report from RTE's health correspondent, uh, Fergal Barris, from August last year, can you believe it, on our vaccine uptake and biology featured as a question on COVID. It came up last year in the microbiology section, as my next guest predicted. So joining us on the line now is the indomitable Terry Flanagan, radio and contributor. You've probably known from Moody Goes Wild, but he's also a former biology teacher at Moyle Park College in Clondalkin and leaving cert corrector in the past as well, and has been through all the biology papers over the years. Terry, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Good evening, Evelyn. How are you keeping? Great, super. And I'm going to start with this one, really, which is, you know, we've talked a lot in the programme about the amendments to the papers and how they're trying to maybe help the students a bit more this year. What has changed from last year? What should students be on the lookout for? Well, in effect, nothing has changed from last year, but it has all changed from the year before. If we went back to the pre-pandemic, there are three sections in the paper. There are still three sections in the paper, but you've got a greater choice now and fewer questions to answer. So it's all working in favour of the students. If we want to break it down, for instance, section A, section A are what we refer to as the short questions. And you only have to answer four questions from seven Now, that's a huge improvement on what it was like three or four years ago when you had to answer five from six. So four questions from seven gives a huge amount of choice. There are 20 marks per question there, so that gives a total of 80 marks. We then have section B. Now, section B is what we refer to as the experiment section. Now, students were very worried about this last year and are again this year because a lot of students didn't get the opportunity to do all of the experiments for obvious reasons, not being able to work in a lab. And what the department did last year and they're doing again this year is they're reducing the number of questions that have to be answered. So instead of having to answer two questions from three, you now only have to answer one question from three and they're actually telling you what the experiments are going to be in each question. So it shouldn't be that difficult and students should not be worrying about this section. And in total, there's only 30 marks out of the total 290 that are actually going for the experiment. So don't be worrying about this section. And I'll come back to it in a moment and I'll talk about what experiments that you should be doing. Just I was going to say, you know, across the board then, there's no real way of picking out what will come up. Yes, it's great that they've, you know, better choice and there are fewer questions to answer. So use that as a confidence building skill really. 
Well, there is a way of telling what's going to come up, and certainly in the, in the experiment questions, yes. And I would suggest if, if students were to pick a small number of experiments, that would be guaranteed to get at least one of these. And they would be the, the food types or food tests and enzyme experiments, ecology and microscope work. And you'll be guaranteed to get your experiment question there. And again, as I said, don't be worrying. The experiment question is only worth about 10% of the whole exam. So no need to worry there. And again, every year, if I go through the topics that, that come up, because it's very much the same topics come up every year. And if I give you six main areas, and they would be food, feeding, digestion, enzymes. There's one area, that whole area around food, ecology, human reproduction, microbiology, respiration and photosynthesis and genetics and DNA. And I can guarantee you that in last year's paper, you could have done five questions, five full questions from just those topics. So the topics that you may not get covered in school or if there are topics that you're a little bit worried about or you don't feel that you can study them that well or you can't grasp them, don't worry about it. Leave them out because you have such a greater choice this year. Concentrate on what you know and what that you have done well on in your exams. Now, what's interesting for us and one of the reasons, the many reasons we like you uh, being on our show is that you've corrected papers over the years. And I know that your observation can be that students can be guilty of overwriting, of throwing down anything that they know when they see a term they recognise. But you know what? Not a great idea, you don't think? Yes, well, I've been correcting for uh, over 30 years now at Honours Leaving Cert Biology. And yes, you do you do see quite a lot. And first thing I say is a lot of students go in there and they're very, very enthusiastic and they want to put down everything they know, even though it may not be part of the question itself. But it's not that there's anything wrong with that, except maybe if I were to go to Section A. Section A are what are referred to as the short questions. And the way they answer the questions are there's a certain amount of space left for the answer. So whether it's a line then the answer would be expected to be a sentence. If it's two or three lines, maybe it's two or three sentences that are expected. But what sometimes you'll find, students, that they'll start writing sentence after sentence after sentence and they'll be going up the side of the page and down the back <laughs> of the page and please go to page two and that. Oh. And look, yes, the, I'm not saying the material is wrong, but it's not really what the examiner is looking for. So if you take in section A as well, if the question says, name two enzymes, well, just name two enzymes. Don't be putting down four or five or six and don't be writing in sentences just put them down as bullet points and make sure that they fit into that space there i would say one thing for section a and this is something that worries students and it's where a wrong question or sorry a wrong answer will cancel a right answer now that sounds very very harsh but it's not as bad as it seems if you're asked to write two enzymes the names of two enzymes and you put down two correct enzymes like amylase and pepsin that's fine you'll get your two marks there if you put down three answers and the three of them are correct that's fine you'll get still two marks but if you put down two correct answers and an incorrect answer well, then that incorrect answer will cancel one of the Ooh, correct answers. But it's harsh. only, but, but Evelyn, Evelyn, it's only if you go above the two. So in other words, if you're asked to put yes. down two answers and one is right and one is wrong, the wrong one does not cancel the right one. It's only when you go over two. I understand. Terry, I'm going to do three yes or no questions with you, if that's OK. Um, we're flying against the clock yeah. here, as per usual. Are diagrams important? 
Hugely important. Uh, first of all, there's two sets of marks that go for diagrams. There's a set of marks for the actual diagram itself, and there's a set of marks for the labels. So first thing when you're drawing a diagram, always draw it in pencil. That's the very first thing. Uh, always give it a heading, what it is, cross-section of a leaf, whatever. And put down at least one labelled part in the diagram because okay. the question will be phrased draw a labelled diagram and if you draw a diagram without a label well then you're not going to get marks for it so at least one label on it but I would suggest to try and get in three or four or five and remember the diagram marks and the label marks are separate so if you have the diagram correct, yep. you'll get a certain amount of marks for that. And if every label is wrong, you're not going to lose any marks. You won't get the marks for the labels, but it won't take away from the diagram. So diagrams are hugely important. Yes. Excellent. Love it. And just finally, finally, really quickly, will I have enough time to complete the exam? Yes or no? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Not like the, the bad old days pre-2004 <laughs> okay. from the Leaving Cert now. Of course you will. Yes, you will. Don't be worrying about that at all. Listen, Terry, can we end by congratulating you on your recent retirement? You've had such a long and successful career as a biology teacher at Moyle College in Dublin. I just want to thank you for sharing your expertise and advice to us all over the years and on this show in particular. And now that we can travel the world again, we hope you have wonderful plans and that you enjoy every minute of your retirement. Good Terry. Now, uh, Terry Flanagan there, and that will be available again, of course, in our podcast shortly. But moving on and during the series of Study Hub, we've been getting in touch with some of their friends who we made last year on Study Hub 1 and some of the students who were doing their Leaving Cert last year. And we thought it might be nice this year to get them back in touch with them and see how they're getting on. So last week we heard from Molly and Ellen and tonight we get to hear from Aaron Murray. And having been exactly where you are now, in his bedroom, studying, doing all the hours, wondering what was going to happen next, Aaron has some wonderful words of encouragement and support for you. Here, take a listen. Hi, my name is Aaron Murray and I was part of the Leave Insert class of 2021. I'm here to wish you all the very best of luck um, in both the lead up to and your exams in June. You're so close. Uh, the next three months are like your final sprint, so enjoy them um, and more importantly, give them everything. Um, tip away at your homework um, and study hard for class tests. Uh, I used to see that as a good excuse to get uh, comfortable with the topic or subject. So maybe trick your brain in that sense. Um, practice your strengths. You've got a lot of choice in the papers this year like we did. Um, so it would be a good idea to devise a strategy and work hard at your strengths. Think of your points as a key to the future. The more you rack up, the more choice you have. The leave and search not to be all and end all, but it certainly can make your life easier. Um, work smart, keep the faith. And remember that the world has a funny way of working. The Leaving Cert nightmare is a common experience for many adults and there's a reason why people can still recall the feeling of doing the Leaving Cert after they've left the study hall because, you know, it is a challenge, it brings stress, it brings obstacles. But thankfully, there's much better recognition now about the mental health challenges for students. And trust me, if you're worried or feeling overwhelmed, there is plenty of help at hand. And we're going to help ourselves this evening. We're pleased now to be joined by one such expert, occupational therapist at Way Ahead Therapy in Dublin, Jen Tredjek. Jen has worked worked with so many different people with lots of experience with young people and she's bucket loads of great advice for us all actually for students teachers and parents Jen you're very welcome to the show Hi Evelyn thanks thanks for having me Now Jen can we start the idea that preparing for and doing a state exam like it has to be acknowledged it's a daunting prospect particularly for some students this year who may never really done a state exam with the junior cert so it is a bit of a leap in the dark isn't it? 
It is daunting. And this year group are so um, unique in that they haven't done junior search. It's a new experience. It's a lot of a lot of worry around that. Um, and I think it's really important that it is a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. It is a really tough time. And we need to kind of resource ourselves for that marathon and kind of prepare for the for the long haul. Um, but there's lots of things that we can do and it's not too late. And I think that's one of the things that's really important. I'm hearing from lots of young people that, oh, my goodness, I've left it all to the last minute. No, it's OK. You've got plenty of time mm-hmm. and let's bring it back down and focus on what we can do rather than than worrying okay well I think that's a really good way to start because you know it is a couple of months away but we also have to remember I know you know, imagine this is a message you agree with it is only an exam it doesn't define you but it is a big thing in your life for now perspective is important Absolutely. Taking a helicopter view, you know, pull yourself back up out of um, and look at your whole life. This is one short period of time. I mean, it's a few months between now and and the exams. And I hear so much, you know, from people who have gone through the exams. And it's great that you're, you know, revisiting some of the people who've been there. Um, Once you're through it, you look back and you kind of go, that was really tough. But if you can get through that, you can get through anything, you know. Um, Perspective is really important. And if you don't do well, that's okay. There's loads of different options, loads of different routes and there's so many people who did awful in exams and survived and did really well in life so you know take the pressure off Absolutely. Now, can we talk about the parents for a minute? Because, you know, talking to parents, they can be in a tricky situation. They're trying to support their young student, afraid of saying the wrong thing. You know, it can be a tense time. What is your advice to parents who are trying their best to support and guide this young student through the exams? It can be so hard for parents because you're right, they can't say anything right and you get that sense of, I don't know what I'm meant to do. What I would say to parents is take a step back and focus on the basics. You know, don't you don't need to, to say the right thing. Sometimes you just need to be there to listen to your young person and, and what their concerns are. Focus on the basics, things like making sure that your young person's nourished, that they're sleeping well, that they've got water throughout the day. Get the basics right. Let them know that you're proud of them in terms of the process rather than the outcome. So, you know, the fact that they're working towards something, even if it doesn't end up working out for them or they don't get the results that they want, you're still proud of what they're doing. And I think that's really important. And those conversations that parents can kind of get involved in, or you know, they're building up, I need to talk to him or her about this, that and the other. Is there any advice you can give? I mean, you've talked to students who've come through exams. What pearls of wisdom do they share with you? They'll often say, nobody could have said anything to me. I just had to go through it. Really? Um, Isn't that so interesting to hear that? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, But I think, you know, what they don't want to hear is how tough parents had it or in my day or, you know, (laughs) what I did was, you know, sometimes they just have to forge their own path. And I think for parents, what's really important is the listening part rather than the fixing part or the advice part. It's just allowing space to check in with you, you know, with your son or daughter. How are you doing? What support do you need? What can I do? How can I help? Is there anything that is useful, you know, from your perspective? And listen listening rather than, you know, telling or, or, you know, advising. Difficult as a parent when you've been trying to micromanage for years to let that go. But I hear you. The other thing that's interesting, too, is about the pals in this. I mean, you know, the mobile phones, the groups, the WhatsApp groups, all of that. Suddenly you're trying to manage all that at quite a fraught time. Um, What is your advice to students around that? What I really think with um, social media and all of the different feeds that you're on is to do a bit of an audit. Stop, do, do a check, stop and look at you know, each of your feeds and ask yourself, does this feed help me to feel good about myself, to feel you know, confident with where I am? 
or does it make me feel uncomfortable? Does it make me feel worried? Is it kind of fraught with with drama or with worry about the exams? And if it causes those uncomfortable feelings, do I need to be on it? Shut it off. You know, mute people. You can always form new groups on on WhatsApp or on Snapchat or whatever um, and surround yourself with the people who are helping, who are encouraging, who are providing motivation or support. And if it's, you know, if you hear the ping of your of your WhatsApp or your social media coming in and you have that kind of lurch in your stomach and you kind of go, oh God, what's coming in now? Turn it off, mute it. Um, and the other thing with social media and with phones is remembering to turn it off before you go to bed and really kind of an hour or so before you go to bed. So you've got time to unwind and, and kind of put it behind you before you start going to sleep. Now, if you have a parent or a friend, indeed, or a sibling who's a little bit worried about a student, you know, they sort of think they may be panicking and a bit overwhelmed. What can you do to kind of work that through to just calm everything down a little bit? Use some nice ideas. Well, there's uh, grounding is really helpful. So often when we start to worry or panic, we're kind of living in our head and we're imagining lots of really awful things or we've got lots of fears going on. And what we need to do is just come back down into the moment and, and, and where we are right now. So a really quick and simple um, technique is called five senses grounding and it's using all of our senses to bring us back into the moment. So we think five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to look around and see five different things that I can see in the space where I am right now. I'm going to touch four different things. What can I feel? So I might feel the chair beneath me and the ground under my feet, maybe the desk in front of me, the pen in my hand. I'm going to calm it down and look at, listen to three different things I can hear. So what can I hear around? Maybe the ticking of the clock or maybe the hum of people outside or, or um, the radio in the background two things I can smell or taste, and then one big deep breath. And that just brings me back into the moment and where I am right now, rather than panicking and and being in my head. So that can be really useful at any stage. You know, when you sit down to study and you have that overwhelm and that feeling of, I don't even know where to start, bring it back down into the moment and look at the, the first step in front of you. Or in the exam, you know, sometimes when people turn the paper and they have that lurch and they, they start to panic, it's bringing it back down into the moment. So five, four, three, two, one. Five things I can see, four things I can feel or touch, three things I can hear, two things I can smell or taste, and then one big deep breath. I think I can use that in many different situations. Finally, just quickly, your parting shot on this. What would you like students to take away from this discussion? I think just looking after the basics, not panicking. It's not a time to panic. It's a time to just nice take a step back, get a bit of perspective. There's plenty of time. And what I would say is really resourcing your mental health. You know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So really looking after your yourself in terms of your mental health. And that might include remembering to get some physical exercise in, focusing on your sleep, um, remembering to have some downtime, some relaxation time, some time with friends, surrounding yourself with the right people who are going to help you to feel good about yourself. And for parents, keep that fridge full, I think. Listen, thank you, Jen Trecek, so much. from uh, Jen there from Wayhead Therapy in Dublin. And also thanks to Terry Flanagan for his expertise this evening. And on Thursday, we will be focusing on home economics and German. So you are, as ever, welcome to get your questions into us for that at Study Hub at RTE. But for now, Sloan Kofol.